0: Do you have a nickname? And if so, how did you get it? Today, we're going to be looking at a character from the Bible, an unsung hero who's really only known by his nickname. That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith.
1: Hello, you are watching and listening to Christ Culture and Coffee, and we are your podcast host for today. Tyler Hurley here with Robbie Lashua.
0: Yep. Good to be back.
1: Yeah. It's Excited great. about this series talking about unsung heroes. Yeah, and it's great because we we love this series because we're just diving deeper into some lesser-known biblical characters, ones that you may have heard of before, but haven't maybe studied in depth or thought through who they are and their character and how they made an impact in scripture.
0: Yeah, there's so many people who get like a lot of play in church. Mm. You know, I yeah. think <laughs> the Apostle Paul, everyone talks about Paul. People talk about Paul so much that yeah. when they're preaching like out of a 1st, 2nd Peter, or John, yeah. they'll always say, like, Paul says, oh, no, wait, hold on, I'm in Peter, it's not Paul, it's Peter. <laughs> There's people who get all this play, but we wanted to take some time to look at lesser-known biblical characters to see what we could glean from them and how we could apply their apologetics method, their evangelism mes- method, and just the discipleship Uh, To our own lives. So I like doing
1: that. Yeah, but before we get into that, just make sure if you aren't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And then for those of you listening, um, go ahead and follow us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, go to our Facebook Insiders group, which Uh, we talk about that every week on the show. We want you on there if you're a regular listener or watcher because uh, the whole idea of that insiders group is for like-minded Christians to come together and to ask good theological questions. Like right? mm-hmm. Robbie, you were just um, uh, dealing with some yeah, just topics. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I was talking
0: with a guy on there. Really great questions mm-hmm. about um, text criticism and about um, what what does it mean that the Bible is inerrant and how do we know you know what what about the the um, past that were added later, which this is, is a teaser because we're going to do a podcast about that eventually. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, there's there's mistakes that were made in translation and, and how do we know what's inspired, what we believe in, uh, in the original manuscripts, all of that. And we had a great conversation on there um, talking through uh, this issue. So if you're not an insider, get on our insiders list. Uh, it is just an amazing place to be a great community of people and there's really oh, cool yeah. conversations going on on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so make sure you do that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, again, we're doing this YouTube thing now. So we're getting a lot of uh, traction from our listeners uh, through mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, we just um, we want to keep spreading the awareness, though, for videos because this is new. And we want people to uh, keep sharing us like crazy, let people know, hey, we're available visually now as well as through audio. Yep. And I know that there's a lot of people. I mean, I've even been talking to people last week. How uh, they're a little more comfortable with watching rather than listening, um, which is interesting. And uh, you know, it creeps uh, me out. Yeah, right? No, I right? just can <laughs> <No. laughs> no. well, well, doing both, it's cool because you get that different element that you can bring to the table by, true. by seeing the visual, like seeing our beautiful faces. I always
0: like, okay, no, right. this is just a preference <laughs> thing. But like, whenever I'm listening to a podcast for a long time um, and then I mm. watch it, the person always looks different than I thought they looked. You know what? Me too. It's not funny. I'm gonna be honest yeah.
1: with you. And you just vision them differently. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it, it's, it's always it's and, and
0: sometimes it's a letdown, and then sometimes it's like, oh no, they look better than I thought they did. Yeah, too, well, we so. hope
1: it's the latter for you guys
0: watching this <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah, so. yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. We're really hoping it's the latter. But no, yeah. please join our YouTube page. Subscribe to it. Um, really great way, easy way too to share uh, information with your friends about who Jesus is mm-hmm. and about what apologetics is. Um, yeah, it's just a really good. Yeah, it's a really good resource for people to have to go and get quick tips to have these longer, full-on podcasts on there. Uh, I think it's a cool resource. I've used it. People ask me questions, and I just send them the links to the videos, or I send them uh, my stuff, uh, uh, the the old podcast. It's a really great things. So. Right.
1: Right. And then, um, so last, but certainly not least, we want to, uh, just quickly draw attention to the sign again that we have here. Yep. Um, this is from our friend Matthew over at SE collective. He, uh, designed us a custom made personal sign and, um, he is local in F- the Phoenix area and he does a great job. So make sure you look at his Instagram account, S E collective, and you can get more information there on some of his projects that he does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, we're going to move into the coffee tip for the day. Uh, the week, I guess. It's right? a weekly podcast. That's right. Um, but um, we had a lot of people who were uh, discouraged when we stopped sharing it. And then we started <laughs> sharing it again. And I had so many compliments this week about, oh, thanks for the coffee tips again. Everything I know about coffees from your podcast. So here is the coffee yeah. tip for today. Now, this goes into... Uh, the processing of coffee. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, if you're not, Google search what a coffee plant looks like. Uh, It's kind of like a bush-like plant, and it grows cherries. The cherries have the seed in it, which is what we know as the coffee bean. So um, what has to happen is to get coffee, you have to get the fruit off of the seed.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's
0: three main methods of doing this. Um, the first one is called the washed or the wet method, uh, and most countries that have a lot of extra water use this method because it's fast. What they do is they'll pick the you know the cherries at their peak of ripeness when they want them picked. They put them into like a tank. Um, and it's usually outdoors, uh, and there's like a fermentation process that goes on while they're in this water. Uh, there's a natural enzymes that start to break down the oh, okay. uh, the fruit makes sense yeah so they leave it in there for uh, anywhere between uh, twelve hours some people leave it in for like seventy two hours but it's a fairly fast process and then what they do is they scoop them all out and it's easy to husk it's easy to peel the fruit off oh, okay. of the cherry of the, of the seed does oh, that make sense yeah yeah so this is called the 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 wet process or okay. the washed process all right that's step number one and it's really fast because you soak them. They start to ferment, and then it's easy to peel off. The second method is called the semi-washed or the honey method. Um, They do a similar thing where they soak them and wash them, but, but then they leave some of the fruit on the... Seed, okay. and, and they set it out in the sun to dry. And as it dries, the sugars from the from the fruit soak into the bean. Wow! So it makes a sweeter bean. So some people even call this semi-washed method. They call it the honey method.
1: That's pretty cool because it makes yeah. the bean sweeter. Yeah, I, I mean, this hey, uh, this is interesting because I, I hadn't heard of anything like this mm-hmm. before. I'm um, that's new news to it's me. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting method.
0: It is. Um, and then there's the third method, which is called the natural or the dry mm. method. And um this is uh, a method used to get the the seed out of the out of the fruit in countries that don't have a lot of water. Um, mm, okay. so you think like Ethiopia, right. So what they do right. is, and th- and this is a pain. it takes a long time. So they'll pick the cherries and then they'll just spread them out on tarps like uh-huh. along yeah. roadsides, I mean, anywhere. And you think about for each individual coffee bean, you have to get it out <laughs> yeah. of the fruit, right? That's
1: a, that seems a little bit tedious, but it's I mean- It's tedious, it works. <laughs> man.
0: And so, so for the dry method, right. they'll spread them out and they'll just let the sun kind of bake these fruits and dry them so that That's they're cool. easier to peel off. I would just
1: do the sun method just out of laziness, but- <laughs> I, Well, the thing is,
0: the sun method, though, it takes about uh, two weeks
1: Really, wow. whereas
0: the wet method, twelve hours. Okay. So and you have to husk them all anyway. You have to get them out
1: of right, it. right. So it's okay. just
0: it's the process of how do you because the, the the coffee cherry it's it's really yeah. a hard fruit. Yeah, So you have to soften it in order to get them out.
1: So I'm assuming, though, that there's – you could probably tell the taste difference based on the method, correct? Would you say?
0: Yes, especially with the honey method where they leave some of the fruit on it because then the natural sugars soak in. Like I have beans right now that my friend Chad, he's a missionary Mm. in Rwanda, and he gave to me. And it's it's this process where they leave some of the fruit on it. Okay. And it totally changes the taste of the bean. Um, It tastes – these ones I have – tastes real fruity, like really berry-like.
1: Nice, Because okay. they had
0: the cherry on there and the sugars kind
1: of entered into the beans. Okay, so would you say that that's your favorite method or have you not tried the other methods? Well, I've
0: know? had coffee from all the methods. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think most people have. Yeah, depends. yeah, right. So if you get it from Ethiopia, it's gonna be the dry method.
1: Okay, so I've had, I've had Ethiopian.
0: Yeah, if you yeah. get it from Brazil, they use the honey method a lot. I've also
1: had Brazilian. Yeah, products.
0: and if you get that's it good. from a country that has more water, so some of the um, Central American countries, uh, so Indonesia areas th- they usually use the wet method okay so you've had sense. you've had them
1: all right right um, and, and just being the, aware of like hey it, what like yeah, what method what's do the they process use?
0: and right. I mean too you think about you know a pound of coffee you know how, how many coffee beans do I put into a French press in the morning probably what? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Two two hundred, two hundred and fifty individual beans. Individual beans, sure. Sure. Yeah, maybe I have, maybe a, very a, little s- less. I have a very small French press, so mine yeah, will be a lot less maybe than. Maybe like a hundred beans. Yeah. So yeah. you think
0: about a hundred so they have to get those seeds out of individual cherry fruit. Yeah. Right? No, that makes sense. So it's a, it's a that. long process, but I'm really thankful for it, <laughs> and I'm thankful yeah. for the people that do it. But that's your tip for today: the three different methods for um, getting the the fruit off of the the seed. There's the washed or wet method. Mm-hmm. There's the semi washed, which is the honey method where you leave some of the fruit on it right. as it dries. Or there's the natural, where you let the sun beat down on the fruit for a few weeks and then you can peel it off. So cool. now you know.
1: Yeah, you know, oh, kind of now, the now I know. Of I, I, coffee, yeah. For those of you, if you didn't catch that, uh, Robbie did this one on his own. I didn't hear anything about this beforehand. So this is very interesting to me. Well, if you thought coffee just like, grew wow. in bags at your grocery store, I mean, that's what I thought. Now you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> a,
0: it's a little like, different. I mean, so. I
1: thought, you know, some of them come out of the ground already ground, you know? like. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So, yeah, so there's your coffee tip for the day. Well, let's move into uh, Mm -hmm. the topic. Yeah. Unsung heroes.
0: Today, we are talking about, you want to tell them?
1: Yes. If you didn't figure it out already, the the unsung hero today that we are going to be discussing is Barnabas.
0: Yeah, Barnabas.
1: Yes. He was nicknamed the son of encouragement. That's what Barnabas means when you. not translate it over into English that's what it meant it was son of encouragement yep. and so because it, it was a nickname to him it was
0: a nickname right. to him and we pick this up yeah um, so what we're doing with this series too is we're doing what's called biographical sketch. We're Mm. looking at the biography of these people just by looking up their names, seeing where they're mentioned in Scripture, and then we're kind of piecing together their life. Yeah. Um, And so that's what we're going to do with Barnabas. He's mentioned in the book of Acts. He's also mentioned in Galatians. Um, And we're going to look at not every single verse that mentions him. He's mentioned in 27 different verses. But we're going to look at... um, A lot of his story and kind of piece together who is this guy? What's his character? What was his method of ministry? And especially what can we learn from it to go out and to reach our world with apologetics and with evangelism? Yes. So let's start it up, Tyler. Acts 4
1: verse 36 through 37. You want to read that? Of course. So it says, Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was called Barnabas by the Apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought m- the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. All right. So this right. is where
0: we pick up his story, right? hmm First thing, he's from the tribe of Levi. Right. He's from Cyprus, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, but he moved to Jerusalem. Uh, and, and the apostles, okay, apostles gave him the
1: nickname. Son of Encouragement. Son of Encouragement. You know... For for me to get that nickname and how again we were talking about kind of in our pre intro how do you get your nickname how do you like like and why what's the reasoning behind yeah. it for him his reasoning behind it is by he was given to it by from the twelve the apostles mm-hmm. that, that that's insane because these guys like the apostles like the close knit group yeah. of the Lord like that's just like for them to be the ones who give you the nickname son of encouragement they're saying he is in. Encouraging, He's such an encourager. To, to the point to where we're going to give him that nickname. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. It, it is, is a big, big
0: deal. deal. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I would love to be known by that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the nicknames I've been given my life have been less than flattering. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but this guy, yeah. and the crazy <laughs> thing about, about Joseph is we don't even call him Joseph. We only basically know him as Barnabas. Yeah. His character and the nickname given to him has become his identity. It has. That's right. And, and I it, think that's that's phenomenal. I want my identity to be something positive yeah, that I do right.
1: in love for other people. And, and this man yeah. had it. And it's good too cuz when when he carries around this new name, this nickname, it it brings up upon like a <clears throat> reputation with him. So yeah. people hear your name is Barnabas like wait what? Like son of encouragement? Like that's your name? Mhm. And when they see that they realize and they meet him in person you see like it probably to them in the past like they're like, yeah I could see that he stands by his name. It's like yeah. your name his name is representing who he is as a person and that's like and that's really huge that he had this nickname because people could recognize that and already know a little bit about his character about who he is yeah just before from his even name. Yeah. yeah just from his name before even talking to him like how cool would yeah. that be if you had a nickname that encompassed like your like your core character traits yeah. And, that, that and people, it was positive. Yeah, yeah, and it was positive. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a big thing. aspect of it. And, yeah. yeah, and so it just this is
0: just such a cool thing. And for the it apostles, is. given that yeah. it really is. And the, the other thing we see from this passage is it says mm-hmm. he sold a tract of land and he brought the uh-huh. money and he gave it to the apostles. So he's also generous.
1: Yeah, he's a generous guy. He wanted to help fellow believers. Yeah, and he also just had this giving nature that you have, find in Christ. And yes. so seeing that in someone who's again like. Just so encouraging and so generous um, in Scripture. It's really interesting and cool because the thing is, he is such an unsung hero. He's not talked about that Well, much. and we're gonna look at
0: if, yeah if he if he wasn't around, we would have mm-hmm. a very different Bible.
1: Yeah, that, um, th- that's true though. So there's, there's
0: so much to him. So let's keep digging into a little bit of who yeah, he was. Right. So um, I'm gonna read Acts. The next the mm-hmm. next place in Scripture we hear about him. There's a few chapters that don't mention him. Um, But then you get to Acts chapter 9, verse 27 through 26, and I'm going to read that. Uh, It's talking about Paul when he comes to Jerusalem. Mm. So it says, When he came to Jerusalem, that's Paul or Saul, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he was a disciple. Okay, why? Because well, he was killing people. He was yeah. killing Christians. He was he was going around and arresting people and abducting people. And they'd already seen him kill Stephen. Like, yeah, this guy, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, we're not going to tell you where the heads of the church are.
1: Yeah, right. Sorry,
0: man. <laughs> like He's a terrorist. Of course they were afraid of him and they're not going to meet with yeah, him, right? right? It only makes sense. Then look at verse 27. This is fascinating. But Barnabas took hold of him brought him to the apostles and described to them how Paul had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. Mm. Okay, the terrorist comes to town and says, I believe, I want to be part of you. Yeah, right. Like, no, we're not wow. falling for that. Yeah. We're not getting killed. But Barnabas uh, risks. Yeah, yeah. He takes a huge risk to go and talk with a dangerous Person, yeah, he, and I think this is important. It's for crazy,
1: us. yeah, because he doesn't just like risk his life off of the fact that Paul could be lying. Well, we'll yeah, Saul, Saul, Paul. If he's lying, he could be infiltrating. Who knows? Like, they, I mean, they thought that was kind of the hesitation of the disciples at the time. They were like, no, if we let him into our circle, like, what if he's just infiltrating yeah. us to befriend us and then kill us? So, yeah. so he's not only risking his life. Um, he's risking his friendships because the apostles are like, "Okay, yeah. if you're for that guy, I don't know if I want to get behind you." And he's yeah, risking his about
0: friends' lives. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, And he's risking the Lord's disciples' lives and the heads of the church lives. Yeah, and yeah. That's you're right. That's true. He was he he had to have been convinced that Paul actually had seen Jesus.
1: He did. Yeah, on and the then, road, and that's and that's what he explains. Yeah, to him. yeah. And, I mean, and then that's the thing too. I mean, you said it too. It's not only is he risking his own friendships and his own life, but his friends' lives is friend uh and their relationships. Yeah. But the point is too, he's also risking a reputation, not just for himself, yeah. no, that's very but, true. But also for the church. Because you gotta think, um, if they're if they're allowing this uh guy to come in and he's a terrorist who's gonna yeah. kill them and then all of a sudden he infiltrates and starts killing everybody then what does that say about like him and the trust and the levels of like discernment that they have yeah. as disciples? So it's like
0: – And it points back to Barnabas like you let this guy yeah, in.
1: Yeah, like this is your fault, man. And so yeah. uh, that's a big deal. So he was risking a lot. So like Robbie, like you said, like we we can see clearly through uh, Barnabas backing him up here that he, he had to believe that Paul made a genuine conversion change. Yeah. And he, was willing, uh, that was, the he thing. was willing to
0: risk his own life to at least hear the guy out.
1: Right. And, you know, I think he was that, stepping
0: into a risky situation. Yeah. And, you
1: know, I think when you look at the situation, the, the apostles, they obviously figured out all of this, that he, that Barnabas had trusted Paul enough to, mm-hmm. I mean, consider his life, friendships, and reputation. Sure. So I think that <clears throat> with him doing that, it also made a powerful argument for Paul's sake,
0: yeah, of letting no, them see, like, that.
1: hey, like, yeah, this is very important that, I mean, like, this guy, he really did change because I'm going to put, the son of encouragement is going to put his name behind this guy. Yeah. 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 Well, and,
0: and now let's just think, and we're going to talk about this a little later, but what if Barnabas hadn't erased a relationship with Paul? Would Paul yeah. have become Paul? I mean, he Would could, the missionary journeys he took pro- have happened? Probably... Would the, Bible he wrote have occurred. Probably not. I mean, yeah. I mean, was, uh,
1: someone else could have come along and yeah. backed
0: him up, but I mean... It's very interesting, right? Yeah, so this guy yeah. risks uh, a relationship with a dangerous person, risks mm. his life, r- risks his friendships, risks his friend's life, risks the movement of Christianity, risks his reputation, and man, it paid off. It did. This guy was <laughs> yeah. really an encourager. Yeah. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of people. He trusted in mm. God enough that, that being around a dangerous person didn't freak him out. Right. And I think, I think yeah. for us, totally you know, in, in apologetics, this is a big deal. Sometimes we don't want to talk with that risky person. Sometimes we don't want to go out of our comfort zone to approach a situation that might be a little hostile. Uh, but if we have the God of the universe with us, we mm. don't have, you know, Paul, Paul the guy who was pissed yeah, off, yeah. says we don't right. have a spirit of timidity, right? He tells Timothy that. Yeah, that's, that. You don't that's have, true. That's not what God's given you. You have boldness, and you can have confidence um, in who God is with whoever you're talking with and whatever situation you're in. And that, I think, is something that we can glean from mm. the life of Barnabas. Mm. So let's keep going. Let's see, yeah. what, what else did this guy do? Um, I'm going to read Acts 11:20 20 through 26, It says, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then, when he arrived and he witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit, Mm. and full of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And Barnabas left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch.
1: Yeah. That's a big deal. Isn't it awesome? Well, well, and you know, really briefly too, I want to just touch point too on uh in verse 24 it says too and he's full of the holy spirit and of faith right yeah right and and, you know i think uh um uh, like just reiterating those three things he was risking his life friendship and reputation i i think clearly seeing in this passage with barnabas being full of the holy spirit mm-hmm. um i think that that's the only way he was able to do that honestly yeah because C- the thing is is uh, how else would he be guided into being comfortable enough to risk all of that mm-hmm. right right and so i, I think this passage is uh, foundational in getting some insight into who barnabas was well and you think yeah.
0: about who who the apostles thought he was because they were the ones yeah. who sent yeah, right. him think about this um, they're in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They hear about a, a movement happening, people coming to know the Lord way up in Antioch. Yeah, And they say, you know who we need to send up there? Not Peter, not John, Barnabas.
1: The son of encouragement. Let's yeah. send
0: out Barnabas to check this out. And he goes up, right? And, and I love in verse 23, it says that he rejoiced and began to encourage them. Well yeah. of course he did cuz that's who he is yeah. right? <laughs> this is his thing. He's the son of encouragement. So he goes up to this area where all these new believers are and he's praising the Lord with them and he's encouraging them and tons of people are coming to know the Lord through him. Yeah, yeah. And 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 like you were saying Luke gives him uh some very high quality remarks yeah, in these yeah. verses,
1: right? In the way you you see them describing uh, Luke, Luke describing here how Barnabas was with like um with encouraging and being mm-hmm. full of the Spirit, you got to think, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you, you, you've you met people before that are full of the Spirit and that are like, yeah. l- Like I mean, but I'm not just talking like like just in day-to-day life, but I'm just saying like it is a part of who they are. And you, like when you're around them, they just kind of radiate joy. It's kind of like yes. infectious of their personality. I always you know what I'm talking it, about? Yeah,
0: I always explain yeah. it as when I meet people that are like Barnabas, they are the people that I want to grow up to be. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of three people in my life right now that are this guy, that yeah. I aspire to be that joy-filled,
1: that mm. comfortable
0: in my own skin, that encouraging to others, that focused on other people's needs. They're the people who always ask about how you're doing, and not just yeah. in a careless yeah. way, but actually mean it. And they always have an a, appropriate word to share with you that just um, invigorates your heart.
1: Yeah, that—that's yeah. who this guy that's, was. That's right? exactly what I was getting at. I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's who I see here. That's who he was as Barnabas, full Bister. of the Bister.
0: Spirit, yeah. faith, and—and and, um, this is the only place in the Book of Acts where Luke calls any man
1: good. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Huge. It, it, I mean. That, that alone says more about his reputation. And so it's like, again, we're just seeing like this case continuously building of like who Barnabas was. And then uh, for the fact uh, f- further that he was able to um, go out and then they entrusted him to start this ministry. Yeah. that's That says a lot about who he is. It does. And, so, the, yeah. and then
0: this this is the part that I'm not good at this. Barnabas, so he goes up there, all these people come to know the Lord. He's rejoicing, he's full of the Spirit. And then it says, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. So, revival, people coming to believe in Jesus, right? And then the very next verse. And Barnabas left for Tarsus to look for who? Paul. Paul. Think about this. Okay, so let's sketch together what's happened in Paul's (laughs) life. He's a terrorist. And then he he's killed a lot of Christians. Jesus shows up to him on the road to Damascus, knocks him down. <laughs> you work for me now, basically. He goes three years. He's trying to associate with the apostles. None of them will see him because they don't believe his story. Barnabas risks a relationship with him. So then he gets to meet the disciples, yeah. right, the apostles, but they don't really care. Because why? Well, because he goes back to Tarsus. That's where he's from. Mm. So it's like, okay, hey, really glad you're a Christian. Bye. Yeah like, yeah. like, you don't have, you're not doing anything for or with us. So he goes up to Tarsus, and Barnabas is seeing amazing ministry happen, and he thinks, you know what I got to do? I got to go get Paul to be a part of my ministry. Yeah. Again, I've worked in churches for a long time, and I've seen I've seen how it goes. And this is, yeah. this is, I don't like this, but there's a lot of times there's so much competition between churches. mm to get people to grow to be the best at this or this or this uh we're all on the same team we all have the same goal to bring people to jesus right but it is difficult for people to to be cognizant of how can i share the ministry god's doing here with other people Mm -hmm. yeah because our ego comes into it it's true barnabas didn't have that (laughs) he says how do i go get that other dude involved in it he's not doing anything he's back Mm -hmm. home not on assignment with anyone. How do I get him
1: involved? That's the thing. You can see here that he's about the kingdom of God because his whole focus is he's like, well, look, I mean, just imagine the testimony impact that Paul must have had on, I mean, well, it still carries weight on us today, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying to the people at the time at the church of Antioch and the, the, the first group of Christians, imagine hearing that testimony yeah, uh, it'd uh, be a cool testimony to conversion. hear.
0: But also, you'd be like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, that's the thing. Like he, he was. He, I mean, the yeah. other thing is—is is there could have been people represented there who Paul had arrested their family. Mm, yeah. So now you're bringing in like this guy that we really don't like. Even again, risking reputation for what? Right. For the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of growth, for the sake of—I mean, think about this. Barnabas discipled Paul in ministry. He did. So, so that's what's he, he going discipled... on.
1: Discipled. The Apostle Paul who went on to write uh, a lot of letters that we have yep. in Scripture. and He and shared
0: the, his ministry with him and said, yeah. this isn't just about me and the amazing things I'm doing. I want to bring you into what God's doing. So he brings Paul, Saul, up to Antioch. And then it says, and this is cool, for yeah. an entire year, Barnabas and Paul are teaching the church at Antioch. Yeah, and it says right. again, they taught considerable numbers, and it was there that the disciples are first called Christians. This is the first place yeah. where anybody had ever been called a Christ follower, a little Christ,
1: and so, a Christian. Yeah, just just like a, a slight recap. If you again, if you think about it, when we said mentioned earlier that. If um, Barnabas didn't do the ministry work that he did, we would have a different Bible. I think it's clear to see that mm. because it's very likely that Paul wouldn't have gone on at further in ministry without Barnabas reaching out and discipling him, and saying, "Hey, I want to pull you into what God's doing." Yeah, right. and not only that, we might not have the nickname Christians if it wasn't for the ministry that he started in Antioch. Well, and isn't it
0: beautiful that he, he yeah. made it about following Christ? He didn't. They're not called the Barnabas sins, right? yeah, yeah, like he could have made it like, "You're my follower." No, uh, yeah we're followers of Christ. I think it's awesome. I I, I, I think too, so application-wise, what does this look like for us? Well, number one, you need to get good at at talking with people who don't believe in Jesus because we need to evangelize and we need to love them and we need to teach them who Jesus is and we need to use apologetics because evangelism in the 21st century is apologetics. People want to know why they should believe what they believe. But how also, once we are good at that and we're comfortable doing it, How are we pulling other people in and showing them how to do it?
1: That's discipleship.
0: I I want to teach people how to do apologetics. I want to teach people how to be witnesses for Jesus, not just me go out and feel good about doing it. It's all about teaching others how to do it, and Barnabas is an example of
1: that. Yeah, and the other thing, too, that you can see through Barnabas' example is uh, it it doesn't happen instantly, like the ministry work that you do. No, You can see... like. Uh, like he and Paul were in Antioch for a year. Yep, I mean taking like, time with people. Now, granted, they, they had a ton of growth out of that year. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you got to think it took them a year to do all of that. Yeah, and it took a lot of time and conversations, relationship building. Yep. Um. And and so that's something to be important. Uh, Conscious of is that it's there's practice put into it, it's not just um, a one and done deal, it's a lifestyle. That's it really is what lifestyle. it is. Yep, and, and this so, is what
0: we keep seeing of Barnabas's character. Yeah, he was always yeah. about pulling people in and saying, Hey, come minister with me. Hey, let me show you how to do this. Let me disciple you in the way of Jesus to be an apprentice under mm. Jesus. Um, just I, I love, like, seriously, Barnabas is one of the guys I'm most excited to meet when we get to heaven.
1: Yeah, no, okay, I
0: want to talk to him about. What was his relationship with the Lord right? How did he develop into becoming this type of a person?
1: Um, and then that's another yeah. thing, too. I mean, imagine, too, if we had like writings from him. I was just uh, thinking about well, this earlier. And, and we might. We might, yeah. We might, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But let's <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. Right, okay, right, so right.
0: so again, another place we pick up Barnabas being mentioned in Acts is in Acts 11.30. You want to go ahead and read Acts yeah.
1: 11.30 for us? Yeah, of course. It says, And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of The brethren living in Judea, Mm -hmm. and this they they did, sending in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders.
0: Okay, so again, you see that Barnabas is generous, yeah, right, and he taught generosity to his church because (laughs) they'd given him a gift and told him and Paul to take this gift. Um, to the church in Jerusalem, who was in need of it, to deliver this gift. So his generosity right, right. was taught to the people he was ministering to.
1: Yeah, and again, like we don't see anywhere where he comes out and he says, "Hey, look at me! Look at what! Look what I oh, gave! No. Oh, look no. at the work that I'm doing!" It was he, he was humble. You can yep. see that in his ministry, and and so uh, it's just really interesting to see that it, again. His generosity keeps showing itself in scripture. It does. Now let's again see. So we see he's generous mm-hmm. in selling the land.
0: He's generous in taking the gift. Then. Acts twelve twenty five says, and Barnabas, so this is after they took the gift, right? And then they're going to go right. back to Antioch. Right. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Okay, so now again, you see Barnabas saying, I want to bring this guy into ministry. I want to pull yeah. him along. I want to disciple him and teach him what it's like. Um, so he enlists John Mark to be part of his ministry. Well, who who's John Mark? Uh, we get uh, a mention of who he is and and relationship and connections in Colossians four verse nine. Yeah, that's right. Do so you want to read Colossians four nine for
1: us? Love to. Yeah. So we got it right here. Uh, it says. I think that first name is Aristarchus. Aristarchus? Okay, yeah. thank you. Because I was looking at that. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> like, how do you say that exactly? Yep, Aristarchus. Yeah, so it says, uh, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings, and also Barnabas' cousin, Mark, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him.
0: Okay, right. so Paul in Colossians says Barnabas' cousin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mark. In Acts 12.25, we see that they took along with them a guy named John, who is also called Mark. It's Barnabas' cousin. Yeah. Right? So John Mark is related to Barnabas, and he says, I want to bring my cousin along with us right. into ministry back to Antioch. So they do that. All right. Let's continue. Acts 13.1-4 1 and 13.7. Now, there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "'Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul um, for the work to which I have called them.' Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away." So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Mm. All right, so so Paul and Barnabas are commissioned to take their the message of the gospel from Antioch, the home church mm. where things have been growing, where they're first called Christians. They bring John Mark to be along yeah, with them, right? right? And they're sent out on a missionary journey to more Gentiles, right? This is what's going on here. So their first missionary journey... Um, It gets a little crazy. Like, mission trips always, there's such great things about them, and then there's such crazy things about them, right? (laughs) Um, I've been in some uh, crazy situations on mission trips. One time in the Philippines, uh, we were at this church, and there was a drug raid next door. To the church. Uh, and, and and when I say next door, yeah. I'm talking like three feet away because the church in this house were really touching. Oh, so it really um, was
1: next door. It's it really like...
0: was next door. But I don't know it's a it's a drug search. All I know is there's a whole bunch of Christians and all these people from the community. There was like, like 120 people at this little church were celebrating, and then a a Yaris screeches to a halt on the dirt road and there's four guys who jump out of it wearing masks that have like skull and crossbones on them with guns <laughs> i literally thought this is it like i'm gonna get shot right now and me and a couple other guys started going towards them step in front of them and then the pastor the filipino pastor who was there with us he said hey no it's okay they're just police <laughs> and they were doing a drug oh, raid wow. at the house right next to the church. Tri- it was crazy. <laughs> so, so stuff goes – it gets interesting on mission trips. And yeah. it's the same thing that happened with Paul and Barnabas on their mission trip. So we're not going to be able to read all that occurred. But in right, Acts right. 13, yeah. uh, they go into a place called Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start to evangelize across this island in the Mediterranean. Um, there was this uh, guy, uh, a magician, who was a false prophet, and he avoid he he opposed Paul and Barnabas. And Paul strikes the magician with blindness. <laughs> okay. As a result yeah. of this, a whole bunch of the people in that town believe in Jesus because they're like, "Whoa, this magician has been doing a lot, and now you come along and you just strike him." Yeah. Done. Right. Okay, then they're preaching all through Cyprus. They go into this synagogue in Pisidian Antioch, different from the Antioch they'd been from, Pisidian Antioch. And a lot of Jews begged them to keep teaching, keep telling us the truth. But when they said that the Gentiles were included in the Messiah's gospel... Uh, the Jews got really upset with them, and they yeah. drove them out. They're like, that's ridiculous, that's trash, no way, Yeah, get out of here. That was happening. Yep. It was. It, it
1: was I so mean, you have a
0: little racism going on there. Right, yeah. Alright, so then they continue on, and they go to a place called Lystra, and this is where it gets insane. Hmm. So Lystra's like, um, it's like the sticks. It's, it's not a big city, oh, it's not yeah. Cult, yeah. cultured, it's like out in the the superstitious people's area. Yeah. Okay? And so (laughs) Barnabas and Paul go to Lystra. This is so funny. They healed people, right? In the name of Jesus, healed a guy who'd been lame from birth. And when the people of Lystra saw this, they believed that Barnabas was Zeus. (laughs) (laughs) So I have Zeus. never had that happen to me. The Zeus, the god of Olympus, Zeus. Well, they believe Barnabas Zeus. I mean, was I know Zeus. he's
1: encouraging, but I'm... But come on, <laughs> that's a little much. <laughs> They're like... They
0: believed he was Zeus and they believed Paul was Hermes. So they
1: thought he was a god.
0: They down. thought they were Greek gods yeah. who'd come into their town to right. heal people. So the priest of Zeus in the town comes out with oxen with garlands. He's gonna bestow it on Zeus. He's gonna give a sacrifice to Barnabas. I've never been in a place where somebody wanted to sacrifice animals (laughs) to me, believing that I was a a mythological god. Yeah. This is new territory. (laughs) And for and so so anyways, that's what's going on right now. Paul and Barnabas tear their clothes, yeah, th- which is a sh- right. sign of mourning. And they tell him, listen, we're not gods. Like, that is not who we are. We're here to tell you about Jesus, right? So th- this this, this pandemonium is going yes. on. And then there were the Jews who came from Antioch, Pisidian, um, and mm. Iconium. And they came and they, they convinced the crowds there in Lystra that Paul and Barnabas were yeah. teaching untruth. And they got the people to stone Paul, drag him out of the city, and they left him for dead. He, he got stoned to death um, to the point where people thought he was dead, and they left him alone. It wasn't like, oh, that'll yeah. teach him a lesson. They literally thought that Paul was dead. Yeah. Okay, so Barnabas reached out to this guy, risked a relationship with him, pulled him into ministry. The Holy Spirit says, I want you guys to go on a missionary trip. And, and then Barnabas gets to watch his companion in ministry get killed.
1: Yeah. This that's, is that's a terrifying. tough pill to swallow, right? Well, yeah, and the thing is, too, I mean, just it, just a, such a flip in what they were receiving when they first got there, with like pr- practically, yes. not practically, they were they were being worshipped.
0: Yeah, worshipped as God. There
1: and then, and then <laughs> uh, the complete conversion and turnaround of their the public attention to being hostile against yeah. them. That's it's insane how well, that.
0: And okay, so so me. spoiler alert: if you haven't read Acts, Paul revives and he lives. Okay? Right, <laughs> he doesn't die in yeah, the stone. Of course, here. at that point. I'm on a mission trip. My friend almost gets killed. Tyler, let's say you almost get killed. You revive, and I say, let's get the heck out of here. Let's go home. Oh, no. That's not what Paul and Barnabas do. (laughs) They keep going. Uh, So they continue on to Derby to preach the gospel. Then, on their way back home, they stop in at all the places they'd already been. And and you got to just
1: wonder at this point, too, what um, physical injuries Paul— obtained from that stoning and th- n- sure. nearly di- dying, S- who knows, he could have suffered from stuff that he never healed from at you the nev- end of his You life. never know, right? You never know, because it doesn't mention it, but it's just thinking he's going on injured, hurting, mm-hmm probably fearful for his life now at this point because he he could get killed and they're still going back and so that's that's just another testimony to see of the ministry work that they were doing is that they were just driven by the holy spirit to keep doing the lord's work and disciple and it
0: shows that barnabas was a guy who was definitely okay with taking risks for jesus right and again how does that apply to us How, how are we taking a risk with our evangelism with our apologetics? what does that look like for you who's that person yeah. you're afraid to talk to what's that subject you're afraid to approach right mm. Th- these are questions we need to ask my friend Kyle uh, who's a pastor at Mission Church i just i really appreciated this about him um because in, in our in our community you know in our, in our society the lgbtq community and yeah. and what christians believe about yeah, it and right. what scripture teaches about homosexuality that is just a um a big, tense mess. And I, actually, it was last week um, that the, the United Methodist Church split over yeah, this issue right. of is homosexuality condemned in the Bible or is it not? It's a big issue. And it's easy to cower and to not stand up for what God teaches because you're afraid of what's going to happen to you. It's risky to stand up for what God God's Word says. And I remember um, my friend Kyle, he had me come to his church and him and I co-taught a series on mm. biblical sexuality. Yeah, and, right. and I talked about what the Bible says about homosexuality, what science says about it. A lot of the stuff we did on this podcast in June. Yeah, that's right. Um, talked about transgenderism and what scripture has to say about that and what's going on with it. And we stood on what the, the Bible says, that you know any, any sexual um, activity outside of one man and one woman for one lifetime is a sin. Um, and I, I preached that and there were people who left his church yeah. Because of what I said. I mean, and and right. to be honest with you, I felt bad about it. Right. And right. I was like, I don't want people leaving a church. And I talked to him about it and I I'll never forget this. I said, Kyle, I'm really sorry, man, that, mm. that what I said offended people and they left your church. And he said, he looked at me and he said, Well, what are we supposed to do? Not teach truth? Yeah. And I thought, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Truth is risky, and and to love people and speak the truth to them is more important than not offending people. Now yeah, we don't need yeah. to be overly offensive. We of need course, to be kind yeah. and loving, but but we need to share the truth because that is the most loving thing we can do. Share yeah, the truth right. in a gracious way, and I thought that was great. And so, again, w- what's the subject? Who's the person? What's the situation you've been yeah. avoiding because it's dangerous or it's risky or it might be confrontational? As Christ's followers, we need to move into that space with love and truth, and graciously share about Jesus w- with
1: others. And I think that's a great example
0: we keep seeing. Yeah, that's who
1: Barnabas is. Great, great example of it. It just the thing is, you just you have to be upfront about yes. the truth. Yep. you have to. And, and, and you know, the gospel is offensive. I don't know. Like that, that's the thing. It says that you are messed up. Yeah, you have a lot of issues. You are a fallen, broken person. That's and right. you need someone else to step in. In Cre- re basically give you a reborn essence yeah. of and sh- completely get rid of your old self because it's it's trash, basically, yeah. <laughs> and it put on this new self and so it's like it uh, is th- offensive it's offensive yeah. and people don't like to hear that because it's
0: saying you're not good enough and you could never make yourself good enough yes you need yes. grace that's right? right so no it is there's that that scandal of grace right That, <laughs> right. that offensive yeah. aspect to I need help no I can take care of myself yeah but
1: but that's Which the beauty can't. of it. It, it, it at the same time as much as it's offensive there's beauty in that because you see you're like no no that's the thing everybody's broken it's not just like yeah. me it, it's everybody and not only that um it God loves me despite my brokenness yep and 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 i might not like the truth but it's the
0: truth yeah (laughs) it is reality sometimes i don't like reality but it's real yeah, it is. And, and, and that's, yeah, I, I yeah. think that we need, to, we need to love people enough to share truth with them. Mm. And again, Barnabas, man, just what a stud, right? I love yeah, this guy. Like, right. I love this guy. So, well, hey, let's take a quick break. Uh, and I want to definitely alert you guys mm. that are watching on the podcast to our awesome sign that our friend Matthew made. Um, there is something special about handcrafted furniture and the decor that adds warmth and quality to your home, something factory furniture uh, just can't compare with. SE Collective Design, where our friend Matthew is at, produces beautiful custom design and and built pieces within the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. Each creation is a work of art crafted just for you using wood, metal, or a unique combination to truly meet any design needs that you have. Everything from signs to dining tables, they have the tools and the know-how to create one-of-a-kind furnishings. For more information and to check out all the cool stuff that our friend Matthew's doing, doing, uh, check out their work at secollective.com. You can follow them on Instagram, you can follow them on Facebook, and once again, you can follow them on their website, secollective.com. SE Collective, custom, quality, and affordable. Make sure you check them out. I just love what Matthew's yes. doing over there. It's 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 some awesome stuff. Yeah, it's great. All right, well, back to Barnabas and Paul. Um, so so. Barnabas now has gone on the first missionary journey, seen mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of Gentiles come to know the Lord, and, and um, Paul and Barnabas go back to Jerusalem to give a report of what God's doing, but also to clarify some theological issues.
1: Yes, that's In right. In Acts
0: 15, there's this big event called the Jerusalem Council, mm-hmm. and basically the, the issue they were having was, what Old Testament laws do the Gentile believers have to follow? Yeah. Right. Because there are people who like no, they got to be circumcised. They got to follow the the new moon festivals. They got to follow the Sabbath. They got to. What's the rules right, with yeah. this whole new inception of new birth and believing in Jesus and new covenant, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's what the Jerusalem Council is about in Acts fifteen. So Paul and Barnabas go back down there to give their account about how God is spreading um, the church through the Gentile world, um, and then also do some clarification on. What
1: exactly are we expecting of these people? Yeah, and so uh, this this is a big deal, and so it's uh, it just I think it's very important that Mm -hmm. Barnabas and Paul and Paul came back for this because uh, having their theological opinion in this, with the work that you've seen that they've been doing in Antioch, yeah very crucial to the movement in Christianity.
0: Yep. And, and so, going to talk with the apostles and and specifically
1: yeah. to talk with Jesus' brother,
0: James, yeah. about this. So um, we'll pick it up in Acts 15. You want to read verses one through two, because this kind of sets the stage.
1: Yeah, of course. It says, uh, some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Hmm. And when Paul and Barnabas uh, had great dissension and debate with them. The brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue.
0: Okay, so there's a big argument happening in right. church about what do they have to follow, circumcision law, all of that, because these guys are saying without it you can't be saved. So this yeah. is the essence of what they're what they're seeking out is what is the gospel? what are we what are we preaching right to the it's gentile true. world it's true how right. do people get saved so they go down and that's what the Jerusalem council uh, was was spurred on by now um, i love what happens at this council because all the heavy hitters are there john's there yeah, peter's right. there jesus brother james is there paul and barnabas are there right the church is gathered and the apostles ask paul and barnabas to give her a report about what was happening on the missionary journeys, right? Because they don't have Twitter. They don't. They don't have yeah, Instagram. Right. They're not posting right. pics in in uh, Lister, Hey, check out these people! Think Barnabas is Zeus. <laughs> 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 like, none of that going on, right? So, so the people in Jerusalem are like, "Tell us what happened." And this is what they say: Acts fifteen twelve. All the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders mm-hmm. God had done through them among the Gentiles. I mean, could you imagine hearing Paul be like, yeah, and this yeah. magician came up to us and he was totally opposing God and I struck <laughs> him with blindness. The whole town believes in Jesus. I mean, I want to be on that mission trip, right? So
1: like, and I almost died. Like, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's what's going on. So, so yeah. Paul and Barnabas share about these miracles that yes, are happening. Yeah. And then there's some clarification that happens at the council. And James says, listen, there's really only three things that mm-hmm. that believers, Gentile believers, have to follow from the old Mosaic law. Out of the six hundred and thirteen rules, they yeah. only need to follow three things, and it was about um, eating eating food sacrificed to idols, strangled in blood, and then sexual perversion. Mm. He said people just need to follow those rules because those are those are moral issues. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But then, Paul and Barnabas get commissioned to take. The true gospel, not not that people have to be circumcised, but the real gospel about belief in Jesus for salvation, back to Antioch Mm. and go tell those guys, Nope, this is what comes from James, Jesus' brother. This is what comes from Peter and John, Jesus' best friends who were his disciples. Yeah. This is the gospel, right? And then they get commissioned with the right hand of fellowship to go take the message to the Gentile world. Mm. So now James, it's not just the church at Antioch sending out Paul, and Barnabas. It's now James, Peter, and John
1: saying, yeah, right.
0: God has an anointing
1: on you guys to go take this out to the world. So that's that's a really important aspect. And, and again, this is all still focused on the ministry that Barnabas has been doing. Like, he's, he's the instigator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, what a guy. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Yeah, it, There's no doubt I, about it. I don't it. think he gets talked about enough. Like, Because you, you just see... Like, like, the work that he's done, he literally discipled Paul, who ended up writing, like... Yeah, 13 ton- letters
0: in the New Testament, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: tons of... Uh, we get so much theology out of that. And then yeah. not only that, he's a pivotal point with the discussion happening with the Jerusalem Council, yeah. like, with, with everything going on there. And so yeah. uh, this is just really building a... Cool reputation for him. I know, and he's kind of like a
0: behind-the-scenes guy, but he was so instrumental. Yeah, and, and then and now he's being commissioned to take the gospel
1: further. <laughs> yep, to the rest. To the, to to the, the, the Gentiles. They're basically
0: saying, go on more missionary trips, right? Yeah, yeah. Please, with our blessing, go take the gospel to yeah, so so the world. Yeah, so what
1: a guy, the son of encouragement. Like Which to, is fulfilling <laughs> the Great Commission,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So Paul and Barnabas go back to Antioch. They tell these guys who were teaching circumcision, you're wrong, James says you're wrong, that's not true. And then they're going to do a second missionary trip.
1: Right. right, yeah.
0: Second mission trip. Here we go. Let's go out. Let's reach the world. And then there's an issue. Mm-hmm. And again, I think Barnabas is so awesome <laughs> with this issue. So I'm going to read Acts 15, 35 through 40. So it says, But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, and they were teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. After some days, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord. And let's see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also, but Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. Hmm. All right, so what goes on here? Hey, Paul says to Barnabas, let's go on another missions trip. And Barnabas says, awesome, let's take John Mark with us again. Yeah. Because they had taken him the first time. Paul doesn't like this idea, and he says why. He says, we shouldn't take John Mark because he deserted us. Mm. Well, what's he referring to, he's,
1: right? He's referring to earlier when they were in the... Um...
0: Yeah, in the midst of all that craziness, yeah, yeah. right when they were going through those towns and there was magicians getting blinded, Jews running them out, all of these things, they had this young this young guy with them, John Mark, yeah. Barnabas's cousin, and and we know that he did desert them. Yeah, do you want to read Acts thirteen thirteen that tells us about this? Yeah, of course. Let me describe that
1: here. <clears throat> Acts 13, 13. Yep, it says... uh, There we go, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, it says, uh, now Paul and his companions uh, put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. So yeah, right there we see he left them. Yeah.
0: This is the kid on the mission trip. He's like, I want my mommy. I want to go home. I'm freaking out. Yeah, that's what happened.
1: But I mean... you know, too, and you can see that what what's happening here is um, uh, Barnabas. He's he's trying to extend grace to him because you know what? Like honestly, they were probably just as terrified as he was. Yeah, it was like this is terrible. They're they're very hostile against them. They were killing them. Yep. and driving them out of the city. But so yeah, but yeah, there but, was a
0: lot of crazy stuff that happened on that trip.
1: You can also see Paul. Uh, Paul's idea. He's like, well, wait wait a second. I don't uh, like. Yeah. I don't trust being with someone who's a deserter. However,
0: imagine it though. But, but Paul's telling that to Barnabas. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Paul? I took a chance on you. That's what I was gonna say. John Mark never murdered my friends. You <laughs> murdered my friends, and I took a chance. You know, it's just yeah. so ironic that Paul's like, no it way. Is. Barnabas
1: was a guy who was all about giving second chances. Well, and that's the thing. That's the gospel, right? And that's, that's what the gospel. that's what we were what we were talking about is that Barnabas. I, unfortunately, while I uh, like we can just see here, it looks like. Um, but I, I feel Barnabas was making the right decision. Barnabas is, was right. Yes.
0: And and we're going to look at this. Paul actually admits Barnabas is right later. Right. But, but okay, think about this. So you take a guy with you. He deserts you and leaves you in a tough spot, changes your plans. You go on. Now, again, you can kind of see Paul's up, being upset because he almost got killed on that trip. And this right. guy deserted yeah. him. Right, okay. But Barnabas is like, no, we give people second chances. That's what Christianity is about. Nobody's yeah. that far lost, Paul, like you, right? Mm-hmm. We let people have a second chance. Uh Barnabas saw potential in people and not just their flaws. I think that's awesome. Have you yeah. met people who who are like that, right? Who see what you can do and they encourage you in that. Of course we all have issues and we're messed up. Yeah. Uh, but the opposite of that is people who just dwell on your flaws. <laughs> yeah. Right? And no, think that's you'll true. never amount that's to true. anything because you got this, this, this. Um, but this is a son of encouragement. Mm -hmm. this is a guy who says, no, I want to encourage him by giving a second chance to John Mark. I want to take him with us. And I think it's fascinating that Barnabas had the boldness to stand up to Paul Mm -hmm. to the point where he's like, forget you then. You do your own thing, but I'm taking him. I'm taking him. And if you don't want to go with us, don't. Yeah. And that's what happened. So now, I mean, and I think it's cool because God now has two missionary journeys happening which yeah. is great, and and God does stuff so, through so it. So yeah, it of saved. course, there's
1: division here, but you know, like, God did a lot with it, yeah. with the two different journeys. Cause, and then when Paul went off to do his own ministry by himself... Yeah, with Silas, I mean, they did awesome yeah, stuff. We know what came out of that. So, yep. Yeah.
0: But so, Barnabas yeah. wanted to give... John Mark a second chance. He saw his potential in him not just his flaws and he had the boldness to stand up for mm, giving people yeah. a second chance, which I think is uh I think it's just great. Mm-hmm. Now Barnabas was right in this
1: dispute. Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. And there's there's a few things we know. I don't know how many of our listeners know this, <clears throat> but John Mark because he wasn't um, disregarded as a deserter because Barnabas went and sought him out just like he went to Tarsus and sought Paul to pull him into his ministry, yeah. right? Because of that, um, John Mark eventually gets connected with the uh, Apostle Peter in Rome, and the Gospel of Mark was penned by John Mark. Yeah. It's Peter's Gospel. Peter's telling the story, but John Mark, Barnabas' cousin, is the one who penned it. So now think about this. Barnabas gives Paul a chance. Yeah. And Paul writes 13 letters in the New Testament. Yeah. He gives John Mark a chance. John Mark writes the first. I, I believe Mark was the first gospel written. Yeah.
1: Imagine, imagine Barnabas, he, all bo- Barnabas with both of these cases. First off, not just with Paul. Yeah. But but ima- I'm just saying, like, imagine if with Paul, if he didn't give him a second chance, and all the writings that we would could have potentially lost, and all yeah. the oh, yeah. impact he made on Christianity, and then imagine not just that, but then if he didn't have faith and give John Mark, yeah, a he's like, a you're chance. right, that guy's trash. Yeah. forget him. No, because he, he could have. He could have. He could have he easily just easily said, easily "You know what? Could have. He's like Paul. We've been working together for yeah. a long time. I trust you. Yep. I, I'm gonna take your, your your I'm gonna take your opinion on this. Yeah. But he didn't. He said, no, 'No, we're going to take John
0: Mark with us. I'm gonna do the right thing. Yeah. I'm gonna do the right thing and give someone a second chance, even if that means not getting to hang out with my friend. Yeah. And not taking the easy route. I think it's amazing. And then um. <clears throat> Paul actually admits that John Mark was a legitimate guy. At the, at the end of Paul's life, he's in prison. He writes um, the letter of 2 Timothy, uh, mm. which is a very personal letter. Um, and he says this near the end of the book, all right? So I'm going to read 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 11. Mm. He tells this to Timothy. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is very useful to me for ministry. At the end of his life, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Hey, could you bring along John Mark because he's good at ministering to me. Mm. He's helpful to me. He soothes my soul. Essentially, Barnabas is right.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> This guy had potential. That, this guy had worth. Yeah,
1: because uh, the thing is, uh, there's more that goes into missionary journeys than just uh, like... Just the ability that people in your core Mm -hmm. group that you're bringing have to share the gospel. Yes, it's also to be able to work as a team and to be an encourager. Yes, Uh, and and isn't that interesting? He's an encourager to the son of encouragement. Yep, he's an encourager to the son of encouragement. uh,
0: Yeah, and and, well, well, an encourager to Paul. Yeah, right. An encourager. So, so Barnabas encouraged Paul, and we have 13 letters. Right. He encouraged Barnabas, and we have the Gospel of Mark. This guy changed the landscape of New Testament history. Yeah. And he's, and, and he's so humble about it because he's not bragging he about how great he is. He's always pulling other people in. I love it. It's true. Now, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And we have one flaw mentioned of Barnabas <laughs> in Scripture, and it comes from the book of Galatians. Paul wrote this about his friend. Um, it says this in Galatians 2, 11 through 14 but when cephas and that's that's the name of of peter okay so this is the apostle peter Mm. when cephas came up to antioch i opposed him to his face because he stood condemned Mm. for prior to coming to the coming of certain men from james so that's referring to jesus brother in jerusalem so prior to these guys from jerusalem coming up peter used to eat with the gentiles But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision." The rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. Yeah. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas Peter, in the presence of all, "If you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews?" <laughs> so there was a there yeah. was a cultural issue where when when the the Jews came to town, Peter wasn't comfortable eating with Gentiles anymore. Mm. and he withdrew yeah. for them. And Barnabas even got caught up in that hypocrisy. Now, again, yeah. the nice part is Barnabas and Paul also were the ones who took this issue to the council right, of in course. Jerusalem so, and got so sorted out. I
1: would say he redeemed that, at least. In yeah, that he
0: recognized it was an issue. He
1: did, right. And, you know, that's a good thing. But obviously, this is important to note because he was still a human being just like the rest of us yeah, and just, just like, like the rest us. of people in Scripture. He had flaws. He had sin. He made mistakes. Yep, And that... that I mean, seeing this example of how he gave into cultural peer pressure, I think, kind of gives you the human side of him too. It lets you see, like, hey, yeah. like, he he messed up. And well, and you hit
0: the nail on the head. Giving in to cultural peer pressure. Yeah. What does that look like in our life with apologetics and evangelism? Mm. Right. What right. what what culturally are we afraid to talk about? What um, now now flip that? What culturally in our churches
1: are we afraid to go do? Well, yeah, I can't be seen. With, I can't
0: be seen with that person. And then I can't hang out with that person.
1: Yeah, and then like, what are we afraid to say to <clears throat> people? As far like, like, why are we afraid of it? Is what I should say. Like, uh, whether it be coworkers, classmates yeah. at school, or um, something uh, or a professor. Uh, what, whoever it may be, what's holding us back, and like c- cultural peer pressure wise, yeah, like, what's keeping from us from the
0: world, but also from the church, right? Because this this too. issue too was kind of more right. of their internal thing. That's that's a great point. <laughs> not not like the Gentile world's pressuring me to do this. It was yeah. you know, my Jewish roots are pressuring me to be a certain yeah, way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or even if you have a um, like a culture of people that aren't as like encouraging uh, or for the idea of yeah. uh, going and sharing your faith or talking about the gospel. Yeah. Uh, that can be an impact. Yeah. On you. Or even like I can't yeah. be
0: seen with this person. I can't be seen in that because place of your because reputation. because church people yeah. might think, "Oh, what is a pastor doing at XYZ?" And yeah. and I remind people all the time, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. When was the last time you hung out with a prostitute? It's a very interesting yeah. question. When was it the is. last time you hung out with a crooked businessman like a tax collector?
1: Yeah.
0: Right? When was the last time you hung out with lepers? Diseased people. Right? When was the last time yeah. you hung out with somebody who was suffering from AIDS? These are the types of questions, and I think sometimes our, our church cultural pressure, well, I can't, you know, that's that's I, I can't be seen in that kind of a situation. I can't be, yes, you should, and I'm I'm of the mindset that I'd way rather offend Christians than offend non-Christians, yeah. because I'm trying to reach non-Christians, right? Yeah. Barnabas yeah, got right. that, and, and he messed up here, but like you said, he redeemed it. He, yeah. he totally saw the flaw and changed it and then went about preaching it. So yeah, extra, yeah. extra cool stuff about Barnabas. Um, again, this isn't in the Bible, but church history tells us that he was martyred for his faith in the city of Salamis on the island of Cyprus. Hmm. Remember, he'd gone to Cyprus multiple times to preach the gospel. Yeah. And yeah. he died on the mission field reaching a people group he was passionate about teaching truth to. Yeah. I that's think that's right. fascinating, being willing to die for
1: his faith. Yeah, and so uh, you just see... I think what we can really learn from Bartimaeus, and it was Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot to apply off of this unsung hero. Yeah. It's, uh, I I would say mainly too, like looking overall at his ministry, like he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He he obviously uh, was an encouraging person to be around, being nicknamed the son of encouragement. Yep. Um, He was generous. He gave people second chances. Yeah. And then he overcame cultural peer pressure to go out and share the gospel and also- Do the right thing. Yeah, and to do the right thing, even in his own peers. Yeah. So, so we see there's just so much application here off of this um, lesser-known biblical character.
0: Yeah, I think he was such a stud, and I don't think yeah. he gets the credit he deserves. Um, the 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 uh, again. Paul's letters would they have been written without Barnabas? Uh, maybe not. Mark's gospel would have been written without Barnabas. Maybe not, right? There's even speculation that he's actually the author of Hebrews because we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a little clue actually at the end of it in Hebrews 13, 22. Um, he says that, um, I hope this letter finds you and, and it's a it's a source of encouragement to you or exhortation. And that word is the same word that's in his name, Barnabas, son of encouragement. Yeah. So some people think this is a humble way of him <laughs> saying, signing hey, this it, is, yeah. saying this is by me. Who knows? whether it is or not, um, but this guy did so much for Christianity mm. and and to love people, and, and he was just faithful with the opportunities God gave him and the ministry that God gave him, and I think we can learn a ton from this. So the question that, that I guess I'd ask is, you know, who are you a Barnabas to? Who are you a Barnabas to? Yeah. You have got to be going out and encouraging. You've got to be giving people second chances. You've got to be bringing people along in ministry with you. You've got to be yeah. bold enough to stand up for truth and not always give in to cultural peer pressure. Not that you've never made mistakes, mm-hmm. but what are you pressing into? This this is a guy that we want to emulate. Yeah, right? and, and if, and then, if Paul can say, follow me as I follow Christ, <laughs> right, I'd yeah. really rather actually hear that from Barnabas. Yeah, right, honest. right.
1: And, and then oh, like you mentioned earlier, Robbie, if uh, I think that you at home like uh, listening or watching this, you should um, take into consideration who are like the three people, um, three like good Christian influencers in your life, or even if it's yeah. just one, uh, who is someone that is a Barnabas to you? Who is like, uh, like yes. look to that person, uh, think about who that is, and then think, what can I? I do? What can you do in order to become more like that person who is really just imitating Christ? Mm-hmm. So obviously the goal here is to come and grow and to become more like Christ, but when we have these people in our lives who are in also encouraging and who are reflecting Christ back to yeah. us and being that example, I think it's a really helpful application for us to look to that person for wisdom and for guidance and how they are who they are really in a, in a sense and then how we can become more like that person and event, eventually work towards being more like christ
0: i think so too people can yeah. help us to grow people can be mm, an example yes. to us they can instruct us and all of us need a barnabas to come alongside of we us do. Yeah. to encourage us paul would not have been paul without barnabas john mark would not have been john mark without barnabas yeah. who, who yeah, is your right. encourager and who are you encouraging that's that's the big question for today, right? That's the application: yeah. is how can we become this type of person? Because you know what, everyone wants a Barnabas around.
1: Yeah, and how cool, <laughs> everyone likes how cool that. would it be if everybody did this, right? Mm. If Christians out there today who are not just. Um, listening, but watching this podcast, that you take this to heart and you think, okay, how can I be more like Barnabas? Yeah, Because this guy, he had an impact for the gospel. Still is having an impact. Still is. Yeah. Uh, the very fact that we are called Christians is uh, is based through Barnabas's ministry. Yep. Uh, that's just insane to see how God used that. And so uh, take this to heart, really pray and meditate on this. Ask God, like, hey, how can... Um, uh, like, uh, like, ask for the Lord to fill you with the Spirit and to um, help you to be an imitator of Christ, and then to be like Barnabas yeah. in your ministry. Well, and who
0: walk- who are you bringing into ministry? Because I think about this mm, a lot. It's like, yeah. so often we have this celebrity mindset of I want to become a big thing for the Lord, and I'm going to do so much great. And it seems more like Barnabas' focus was. Who am I bringing into ministry Mm -hmm. that can surpass me? There is a shift where even Barnabas and Paul are mentioned a lot in Acts, and it's always Barnabas first, then Paul, Barnabas, then Paul. And then the switch happens, and it's Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. You're right. That's true. Paul's ministry kind of overtook Barnabas, and he was okay with it. Because it's about Jesus. It's not about me building my kingdom.
1: And you see how that advanced the kingdom of God and the gospel that was spread through that work. And so it just... Overall, that's the attitude we should have when it comes to ministry. Yeah,
0: I want to I disciple guys who are going to go out and do more ministry than I ever could. Mm. I mean yeah. I think that's the goal right And yeah. now again, egos and, and stupidity get in the way of that, but that should be the goal and Barnum has definitely exemplified that to us. Mm. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been fun. I like talking about yeah, this. this. Barnabas is, I, I can't wait to hang out with this guy uh, yeah. in heaven one day and just ask him all the ins and outs of who he was ah, and what his upbringing was like. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, thank you again so much for um, being a faithful listener or yes. viewer. Um, we're just really excited uh, to continue in this uh, unsung hero series. Um, but then, l- lastly, before we go, uh, just wanted one quick mention of the sign again, really quick. Uh, yeah. This thing is super cool. Uh, again, you can get something like this or a piece of furniture for your home uh, by SE Collective. You can find them on Instagram or you can look up their website. Um, and it'll be in the S-E show Collective. notes too. Yeah, and we'll have mm-hmm. it in the show notes. But uh, make sure that you look into some of Matthew's stuff because uh, just re- he does a really good job. He so. does. And th- Thanks for
0: listening today because, again, the whole point of this podcast is we want to equip Christians to be able to share their faith and to be confident in their faith, Mm -hmm. to share your faith and be confident in your faith. And I think by seeing Barnabas' evangelistic apologetics approach, we can really glean some insights in how we can go about encouraging people, reaching our culture, loving people where they're at, pulling them into ministry, and making an impact that outlives us, making an impact for something bigger than just my life or my specific ministry because we're investing in the kingdom. And that's that's the whole goal.
1: Yeah, it's it's huge. And so um, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, um, make sure that you are following our our podcast on Spotify and then um, also following our social media platforms. But lastly... Please make sure that you are following us on YouTube and that you are subscribed to our account because uh, we are just starting this new platform and we're super yeah. excited to see growth occur and we want you to be a part of it as well. Yeah, so, thank you so
0: much. It. Share it with all your friends, tell people about it. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you can let them know about us. Take a risk, tell them, hey, go watch this video. You yeah, never right, know, right, right. You never know what
1: happened, it's true. So, yeah. uh, thank you so much for uh, being with us here today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We will see you next week yep. as we continue our Unsung Heroes series. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.